0: governor thanks for your time this morning
1: yeah thanks for uh, the opportunity Tim and uh, boy it's hard to believe it's already been a month since yeah. I gave that speech
0: a-, a month into this now I have lost track it's kind of my job to keep up with this stuff and I- I've lost count where are we on the legislative calendar I know you you're-, you're presiding over most of the Senate work now where are we on the calendar
1: uh, 14 legislative days in and uh we are starting to finally get busy you know it takes a little bit of time for all the all the bills to start trickling through committees and getting to the floor. But uh, we're starting to vote on stuff, and the ball is rolling. All
0: right, one that we'll talk about here at some length, uh, this Patients First Act. uh, Governor Kemp, uh, this is one of his legislative agenda items, basically deals with Medicaid and the the possibility of federal Medicaid waivers. I was discussing this last hour, and this is is – Frankly, a public confession of ignorance on my part. I don't know what it purports to do. It sounds to me very, very nebulous. If you could give me some specifics as you understand him, what are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, look, really, really excited that uh, Governor Kemp has, has continued to make health care reform a big, a big part of his, of his efforts. We've promised millions of Georgians that we were going to absolutely take some big strides towards health care reform. And, and, you know, the feds have, have pretty much punted on the issue. Uh, this this step that uh, he's taking and I'm very supportive of and have uh, uh, excited to have a lot of input in this is look this isn't about Medicaid expansion this is about taking a complicated health care system and trying to simplify it and move it towards private market insurance the goal here is about getting as many people covered by private insurance companies as possible and so we're taking an approach that no other state has taken and it's both leveraging an 1115 waiver and a 1332 waiver and giving us flexibility to create a system that isn't about just parking somebody in Medicaid for a lifetime. It's about helping transition people from Medicaid into a private paying insurance plan. And uh, look, this is step one. Lots of work has to still be done. We've got to get all the all the data and uh, all of the, uh, uh, the 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 waivers written. But this is an important step one. And one, I think, I truly think this. There's a bunch of other states that are going to point back to Georgia and say, "Hey, we need to go figure out what they just what they just figured out."
0: Uh, where? And again, you're you're the guy now in, in charge of the show in the Senate, or largely so. Where where is the Senate on this? Or if you're out there counting noses, not maybe too soon for that, but but where is the Senate on this?
1: Well, I think yesterday was a great great indication. Uh, we the bill was introduced by uh, Senator Blake Hillary, one of the governor's floor leaders in the Senate. Uh, It was uh, dropped in the hopper, and I haven't counted all the signatures, but I can tell you there was a tremendous amount of uh, support from the Republican caucus on it. Uh, I think ultimately, too, uh, I think folks on both sides of the aisle are going to look at this as an opportunity to really be, uh, uh, you know, really reform kind of where we're headed. And doing nothing is not an option. I've heard that from millions of Georgians, and I agree with them.
0: Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan with us here. I know one of the first things out of the gate, uh, Governor Kemp signing an executive order uh, dealing with this and something you have emphasized uh, in your capacity as Lieutenant Governor, this business about uh, the sexual discrimination. Uh, step us through what's at play here.
1: Well, well it's, uh, I was very glad to see Governor Kemp put it as a priority early on. I think he was, to your point, one of the first executive orders he signed uh, here as the as the president of the Senate. Uh, I think it's an important opportunity, uh, you know to or an important uh, uh, duty every day to have a have a work environment that is uh you know, non-discriminatory in every way, shape, and form. And, and that's, you know, I, I look through the lens of a business owner that, that's been a part of several companies that have always made sure that we've had a workplace that is non-discriminatory and I'm proud to be a part of those efforts.
0: Well, I need to know, I think, and, and, and people will want to know, uh, first of all, how we're defining discrimination. What do we mean when we say discrimination? Number two, what by way of sanction for those who are, shall we say, found guilty of it?
1: Well, look, all kinds of broad, broad, open-ended questions, right there. I think we're. I think it's important to have a definition in place that everybody in a workplace uh, understands both what is discrimination and then also what are you know what are the, what are the process for somebody who feels like they're being discriminated to have have an opportunity to get that out as quickly as possible to return back to a normal working environment. That's what we're trying to produce here. I know that uh, there is an opportunity uh, with Senate rules. There's been some discussion around some rules that came in early. Um, that uh, the Senate uh, as a whole, which I actually don't have a vote on because I'm the Lieutenant Governor, but I do have a voice, and uh, I know there was some concerns early on that the the rules around sexual harassment uh, maybe were not exactly where where they wanted them. Uh, I've been leading an effort, a bipartisan effort between the Minority Leader and the, major- the Majority Leader, to work at, at trying to rewrite that sexual harassment policy in a way that I believe is going to uh, to uh, satisfy. Uh, everybody's uh, desires and, and
0: expectations again lieutenant governor Jeff Duncan with us here another few minutes uh, a, a talking point at least and whether there was anything of substance to this or not you can tell me but it was discussed on it as you were assuming office a month ago today uh, here's this guy Jeff Duncan he's going to preside over the Senate has never spent a day in the Senate I uh, was in the house but now comes over and is effectively a super senator if you will and he doesn't have the bridges built there doesn't have the relationships built there to the extent that that's true how does that process go? Uh,
1: I think it's gone very well and continues to go well. Uh, I haven't seen any sort of issues that I haven't served time in the Senate. Uh, I believe my time in the legislature has been one that has I've worked well with folks in the Senate before. But look, at the end of the day, I didn't promise anybody that across the state. I didn't tell a single person that lives in Georgia, all 11 million of them. None of them heard me say, I'm going to go down there and be the best politician. I told them I was going to be a policy guy. I told them I was going to look through the same lens they did as a father of three kids in a public school system, as a guy who understands how hard it is to start a business and hire somebody and keep them employed. That's the lens I look through, and I'm I'm pretty certain that's the lens uh, uh, people across Georgia expect me to look through.
0: Again, Jeff Duncan with us. What has surprised you the most? Again, a month into the job now, what has surprised you the most?
1: uh What has surprised me? I think it's the relationships. I, I, you know, how how quickly I've been able to get to know so many senators and, you know, let them understand who I am and what makes me tick. And, you know, uh, I'm a family guy. You know, I, you know, I try to avoid, uh, you know, dinners and, and 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 things of that nature. uh You know, late in the evenings. I, I'm i at my office right now, staring out the window with the sunrise rising over the Capitol. I'm an early riser because I want to get home and spend time with my kids. And so. Um, it's been a really neat opportunity to build relationships with senators on both sides of the aisle in all parts of the state that, is, that has been an awesome, uh, uh, awesome
0: opportunity. One we will watch closely here in our town, University Town, obviously. Uh, Governor Nathan Deal, former Governor Nathan Deal, makes dozens of appointments that, that may now be uh, in jeopardy of not uh, not following through. Uh, a couple that we'll watch closely, of course, folks on the Board of Regents. Uh, you evidently in a position to assert that some of these appointments were not properly submitted to the Georgia Senate, and as appointments might be in jeopardy, might need to be voided. Where does all of that that stand now and what's going to happen moving forward?
1: Yeah. So, uh, when we, when we were sworn in on, uh, January 14th, uh, we came back to work to the Capitol on the 15th. Uh, we, we had noticed that there was a, a list of appointments that, uh, outgoing Governor Deal had uh, given us. Uh, I had our attorneys look at it and general counsel, uh, uh Regina quit, mm-hmm. a, a, a fellow Athens, uh, native. Um, and uh, we looked at it, and, and unfortunately it was improperly filed to us. And uh, so we, we went back to Governor Kemp and uh, asked to uh, you know, let him know that he would have the ability to make those appointments. And he's in the middle of that process now.
0: Are there uh, any specific made- individuals that you would look at and see as problematic in terms of, and I understand that a lot of this is the governor's purview and not necessarily yours, but, but was this done in any way with any specific individuals in mind?
1: So I can 100% tell you that's not the case for me because I've never seen the list of appointments. Uh, I built a silo around that list so that I, I strictly made a decision based on the law and the legalities of the way those appointments were submitted. So I haven't actually seen that initial list that came through and would have no no input to that. And uh, Governor Kemp, I'm sure, is, is a man of his word and is going to continue to look for opportunities to plug the people he thinks best fit for each and every one of those important roles. I
0: always say this every year, and of course you know this to be true uh, And most of our listeners, the one thing you folks in the legislature have to do is pass and balance that budget every year, balance and pass, and that's typically toward the end of the session. You've already dealt with, for the most part, the mid-year budget. Uh, any snags, any things we need to be looking for? And that's where some of the real battles are fought.
1: No, it, you know, look, we've got a great representative on uh, our, our, that fights for us on the budget. Jack Hill is the chairman of appropriations. Uh, he is just so. I mean, that is a hard job. It is one that takes uh, full full-time effort year-round. And Jack has been really good, keeping me up to speed. Uh, sounds like we're continuing to make common sense, conservative decisions around the budget, uh, and trying to keep you know uh, keep every you know keep this as a business-friendly state. And, you know, look, this is a great place to live and run your business. And a lot of that's because I think we're in the right environment. We're not trying to increase people's taxes. We're not trying to spend money on things that communities ought to be spending, you know, their own their own time and energy on.
0: Uh, I think we're headed in the right direction. All right, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, up early joining us this morning. Thanks for your time this morning.
1: Well, thank you and uh, I wouldn't be uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day. I know I'm excited to get home tonight to my my Valentine, who I've been married to for 21 years and, and uh, fortunate enough to meet her in high school. So, yeah. Brooke, uh, happy Valentine's Day. Yeah.
0: And congratulations on that. And thank you, as I thank Jody Heiss a moment ago, Congressman Heiss, probably reminding a lot of men out there that it is, in fact, Valentine's Day. And so, yeah, I get something done uh, on that end. 727 now, Classics. And today, Lieutenant Governor Jeff Duncan, again, thanks for your time this morning.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you.